0: Welcome to Running Out of Space, a podcast about collectors, their collections, and how they make room for it all in their lives. My name is Adam Grabarnik, and I've been a collector since I was a child. It began with stickers, which led to comics, which led to toys, sneakers, posters, pins, wine, and on and on and on. Taking a wide angle view of my obsession for ownership I've come to see how my collections have become intertwined with my personality and sense of identity. Speaking with other collectors on the internet and in real life, I've come to see that I'm not alone. The Running Out of Space podcast is a celebration of the spirit that unites all collectors. Because it doesn't matter if you collect paintings, watches, stamps, cars, guitars, or Barbie dolls, there is a common component within the collector themselves that transcends the object collected. Though the trophies may be different, the hunters are more similar than they know. My guest today is a celebrity trainer, one half of Dead Boys Fitness, CrossFit Games MC, and host of Get Super with Joshie G for Sideshow Collectibles. He and I first met here in Los Angeles as production assistants on the set of the movie Red Dragon. And as soon as we figured out our mutual reverence for comic books, toys, and 80s wrestling, a friendship for the ages began. Now, almost 20 years later, we're both grown ass men who are still riding nerdy. To see selects of my guests' collections, follow the show's Instagram, at Running Out of Space Podcast. And now, welcome to the show, Josh Gallegos.
1: First of all, I love the shirt. You like my shirt? Yeah, I don't know if it was the exact broadcast, but I used to obviously live in Las Vegas, and he, I think we lived in Pahrump, which is halfway between Las Vegas and the city called Tonopah, and I used to drive packages before I I met you. I used to drive packages from Las Vegas to Tonopah, which, again, is halfway to Reno. Uh-huh. And it's just like on this fucking desolate highway. And I don't know if it's the broadcast. In my mind, it's the broadcast. But I remember listening to him on the way back. And it was the weird broadcast where some guy called from, like, Area 51. Oh, and he got shut and he, off? And he got shut off. Again, I think that, that's the one I was listening to. Or it could have been a repeat. I don't know. But I remember I used to listen to him all the time driving from Tonopah to Las Vegas because it was just so weird because it was such a desolate highway. And I don't know if I did it to like freak myself out or whatever, but it was great.
0: For those listening, Josh is talking about my Art Bell t-shirt. Um, or We've
1: started? Oh, I didn't even know we started. We started.
0: Hey. We started. Uh, and hey, what, I about, what I liked about Art Bell is that he would not like, get combative with the guests. He would actually like try them. He wouldn't like all of a sudden just off the bat believe the guests. He would like really check them on their stories, which I liked about him.
1: Yeah. Great, great uh, uh, radio host. Uh, if you're into the supernatural or uh, all things extraterrestrial.
0: Is, did, was he coast to coast in Vegas or was he just licensed to that? Like what was, was he must've been a hometown hero, huh?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say he was a hometown hero. Maybe he was, I don't know. I wasn't, again, a big Art Bell fan. In the sense that uh, I listened to him religiously, I just listened to him every now and then when I used to travel uh, to and from Tonopah. But um, he, he like I guess, said he broadcast out of this small town in uh, north of Vegas, I believe, Pahrump. Uh All your fact checkers can uh, can quote me, but uh, you know, he was a uh, a hometown or a homegrown uh, persona versus a coast to coast guy. though I'm sure his his. Uh, is broadcast was syndicated coast to coast.
0: This actually brings me brings us to like a interesting topic. You're from Las Vegas. Yes. Was there a lot of um, oddities left over from the uh, atomic bomb testing in Nevada that you would see as you kind of were a
1: kid? Uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, again, when I was a kid and growing up in Las Vegas. Uh, there are things that I remember seeing that are no longer there. And that's just the state of Las Vegas in the sense that when something is old, they either tear it down or they blow it up. So as far as oddities go, I mean, there would be like a, you know, an atomic liquor store, or there'd be some sort of, you know, atomic themed, uh, you know, hotel or restaurant, you know, but other than that, that's, you know, as far as I know, uh, from what I remember seeing, there wasn't a lot of, you know, uh, Nevada testing merch, if you want to call it that, or, or, you know, or themed like restaurants or whatever outside of, like I said, a, a liquor store or something like
0: that. Yeah. What was it like growing up as, in Nevada? Were you collecting that early?
1: Uh, you know, uh, it's funny that you have me on this and, you know, that uh, uh, we're, we're talking about collecting and, you know, the whole premise, I guess, of your podcast uh, is running out of space, which is, what is currently happening at my, my, my current location, my house right now, is that I don't have any space. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I, I grew up loving, and I'm sure all of your listeners and all of your avid collectors grew up collecting uh, toys. And I think as you get older, nostalgia kicks in for whatever reason and you have adult money and you were like, you know what, fuck. You know, my parents, they sure. threw away my toys or they sold my toys at a garage sale. I want to get them back. Um, so I wasn't necessarily doing that growing up in Vegas. I was kind of collecting wrestling figures, you know, I wasn't the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting like my boy, Matt Cardona, but I would travel from Toys R Us to Toys R Us. And again, this is before the internet, before you can look up Brick Seeker, before you can buy shit on eBay or, you know, target.com. Well, before that, you're driving from toy store to toy store and I would do these finagling with the the employees like hey can you look in the back like oh this is really important to me like oh you know I would lie and say oh this is for a birthday gift for my brother and if I don't bring this home I'm gonna look like a jerk and so I was collecting a lot of wrestling figures that was the main thing outside of like comic books I'm trying to think in video games in my you know teenage years those were the main things that I was collecting and then you know growing up you know, getting older, I moved to California, I meet you. And that's when I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be great if I got my old Masters of the Universe or, oh, my, you know, Transformers. Because back then, you know, in the early 2000s, a lot of those brands were having this resurgence and they were, you know, doing their own takes on that. So Masters of the Universe kind of rebooted and Transformers kind of rebooted. And it didn't necessarily have the same, um, uh, you know, uh, it didn't have the same kind of uh, attraction to me. If anything, it made me want the old stuff more because that's the stuff that I remember.
0: It seems like those things are in a constant state of being rebooted. They're just constantly being released. I, I feel like they've never gone away.
1: Well, I think they've gotten smarter and they, I mean, the people that own the licensing, right? You know, Masters of the Universe and Mattel is a perfect example of why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? People want Masters of the Universe. They love Masters of the Universe. So let's give them exactly what they want, but let's improve it in ways to where we're not redesigning Skeletor or we're... Sorry, not des- redesigning Skeletor. We're not redesigning some of these characters, but we're going to give you a shit ton of articulation and able to create your own Master of the Universe ca- uh, characters by being able to pop off heads and torsos and arms and stuff like that. So with Mattel's new line, the Master of the Universe Origins, they did exactly that. And I think that that's why it's so insanely popular. Uh, I I, I don't work for Mattel, but I would like to think that it has to be one of their top bestsellers outside of like WWE and Jurassic Park, um, because there are people that are my age or your age and grew up on He-Man and Masters of the Universe. And they're like, you know what, I want to collect this and or now they have kids. And so if you're a psychopath like me, uh, I don't have kids but uh, I want one to open and one to store away for if I do have a child, I would love for them to open it or feel that same kind of joy that I had. Um, Or there are some psychopaths that are one to open, one to give to their kids and one to keep for themselves to put in their vaults, wherever that may be.
0: Yeah, at that point, you're just collecting inventory. Yeah, more or less. When did you start stocking one and rocking one so to speak when did you start doing that where you would have one just to keep in the box
1: because i don't remember you it's, it's. uh well i think it started in junior high and high school when i was collecting wrestling figures uh it was the jack specific so you kept uh,
0: them
1: in the box w, you uh, keep wwe the yeah wwe uh you know once hasbro their licensing was up jack specific bought them out or bought the licensing and so they had these new at the time were so innovative like you would twist their arm and they would crunch and then they started to do facial scans and so for whatever reason this was like in its heyday where stone cold steve austin is the champ and the rock and so i just was like you know what i'm gonna buy one to open up and play with and yes i will fully admit that i was playing with wrestling figures way into high school uh you know just like matt cardona i believe he said on your podcast like you know creating your own wrestling figure federations you know and having you know, these dream matchups that you may not have had. So it'd be like, oh, Bret Hart versus, you know, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus, you know, The Rock. Or so, you know, you create your own. But I would also keep one in the packages because the packaging was, re- it, you know, back then was really, really cool. And so I remember displaying them in my room.
0: Do you still have them in the uh, box?
1: Uh, they are. They are. I have some of them, yes. They are smushed. Uh, my dad... Kept them in the garage and then, you know, it would stack a cardboard box on top of a cardboard box. Not really his fault, I'm not blaming him. I just didn't do a very good job of packing the uh, the box. They're pretty much worthless now. But oh, at the time, are the, figures I'm like, uh, are, are the figures all scratched up? I would say that they're scratched up. I just don't think they have any value. You know what I mean? The, the, one, the wrestling figures, I mean, who knows in 20, 40 years, maybe. Right. But the big wrestling figures that are, you know, are worth any type of money are the Hasbro mint on card, you know, the ones that I'm assuming you grew up with as well. Uh, you know, the ones that we had, had the, the Macho Man commercials and Roddy Piper, and they had like the, the spring action arm. And so those are the ones that uh, I, I see on the internet are, are, you know, going for crazy money. Yeah,
0: you, you know, uh, you were the one who introduced me to Matt Cardona. So big ups to you. Thank you for that hookup. He is, he is the man. Um, He schooled me on all of the different iterations of WWF figures. And um, I do remember the LJN ones that were like my favorite. Those were the ones that really knocked my socks off, but I never really collected past them. I remember the Hasbro ones, and I know the Hasbro ones because of Matt. Um, But I think that's like right around when I stopped, but I've always loved checking them out because they're so detailed. And I spoke with this about him, about how great the sculpts are, and how like uh, those in general have like um, pushed pushed the technology of toy making and, and the, the hyper detail of toy making really far along. In addition to probably McFarlane too. I didn't actually bring McFarlane up. Probably should have. I'm sure he's he has a thing or two to say about that. Just because like the quality I think, figures.
1: I think what's so great about your show is that you're very you're able to find these people that collect whatever it is that they collect, and they in my opinion, are the smart ones, right? So, for example, you had the brother who collected all the Stephen King books, right? Yes. He's got his niche. You got Matt. I mean, Matt does collect other things, but for the most part, it's wrestling or bust, yeah. right? Uh, you had the He-Man guy, you know, or the Masters of the Universe guy. I am in a category where I like to think a lot of people are where I am just everywhere. And that is my problem. I think where we run out of space is that I collect wrestling. I collect master of the universe. I collect transformers. I collect uh, recently six scale figures from Hot Toys or, or, you know, pieces of vinyl, if you will, or t-shirts or uh, comic books, you know, um, or GI Joe or, you know, my problem is, is there's a lot of sentimental and nostalgia that comes from collecting. Whether it's, for example, there is a new line of G.I. Darvin Transformers that are based off of the Transformers movie that I started to collect. And the reason being is because those were some of the very first Transformers that I remember getting as gifts. So like Hot Rod or Rodimus Prime Hi. and uh, you know, Ultra Magnus and Galvatron, like those are the ones that I collected. And so I'm like, I gotta go and get those back. But they're now the new updated version where they look sleeker and they look cooler you know? So I think that that is my problem currently where I just have to collect a lot of things. For example, there's a, you know, they just redid uh, a whole Ghostbusters line, you know, Kenner uh, released an old old Ghostbusters line and I'm no Matt Cardona. I don't have the money to just go and throw down on buying the original pieces. Um, So I'll just buy the the reissues, you know, but I just can't have, the four Ghostbusters. I have to have the four Ghostbusters. I have to have Slimer. I have to have the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I have to have the two other ghosts, and I have to have the Ecto One. So that's where I get into trouble.
0: It's a horrible to call time it time trouble. Be a collector, if you're into action figures, it's an awful time because there's there's so much good stuff coming out every single day.
1: Yeah, and then the other thing too is I'm always like, oh, you know, if I have a desk, which I don't, I'm talking to you from like my my dining room table, but. I'm always like, oh, that'll be cool to put on my desk. Oh, that'll be cool to put on my desk. But now I have a storage unit full of things that I wanted to put on my desk and I have no desk to put them on, you know what I mean? Um, so it. I, 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 I will say my, my resurgence of collecting, because I think when I met you, I would dabble every now and then. I would buy like a figure here and there, but I wasn't really a big time collector of things. Cause I was like, you know what, they just take up space. And at the time too, I was like, I didn't have a lot of money. So I'll just buy comic books and be, be fine. I think yeah. the resurgence of me collecting started maybe four or five years ago when my good friend, Max and Harry, which I think you might've met, but Max and Harry, uh, they edit a lot of our dead boys, uh, fitness videos. And I used to train Max and Harry, um, back in the day and they collect, uh, video games. And they don't just collect video games. They collect video game boxes. They collect video game consoles. They I, I they took me over to their shrine and I couldn't believe what I saw. And they are like, Well, do you have any old video games? And I remember I used to I used to have my Super Nintendo and Nintendo. And I'm like, Yeah, right. I know, but I the box got lost somewhere. Right. It would be nice to have those games. And he's like, Oh, well, why don't you get those games? And I was like, Oh, he's right. Why don't I get those games? And so I would spend weekends with Max and Harry going to different vintage video game stores and purchasing you know tnc surf or batman or this and that and i i literally re i uh i, I rebought my entire collection from what i remember in the box but they then have it in the box no well they have it in the box i was not again i try my best like matt says in his on, on his interview and interviews prior as a collector you got to be able to set some sort of rules yes right Yes. You know, he would not collect pins, which I collect, by the way, uh, pins because there's no checklist, right? Yeah. The pin market is the Wild West. If, if Adam Grabarnik wanted to make a pin company, you could, and there are no rules, you right. know, you could make as many or as little pins as you want. Um, same thing with video games, right? You could be a psycho and collect them with the box, with the instruction manual, sealed, unsealed. I mean, the list goes on and on. So I was just like, look, I can't get into the box game. I'll just buy the cartridges and the, um, and the console. But Max and Harry collects the box and the instruction manuals and the different consoles. So if you remember like PlayStation had like us and or Nintendo had like a sports console where it was a different variation of the actual console itself, they have like six or seven of them and it's just insane. And so that's kind of what kickstarted a lot of this. So, I pretty much blame Max and Harry for getting me down this road of like, oh, I got to start collecting things again.
0: I got to have them. I pretty
1: much, yeah, I pretty much suppressed it, you know, because I'm like, you know, and I'm older. I got in a room, you know, at the time I was like, I don't want some girl to come over and see all these fucking toys on my my shelf. Like, "What what are you, like 10 years old? Like, I felt like the kid from Big, you know, Josh Baskins
0: what what is the thought process when you see these things are, why in other words why are you collecting it why are you there has to be a certain criteria it seems like a lot of the stuff is 80s you're in 80s it's a lot
1: 80s right yeah yeah it's a lot of nostalgia so for example yeah. arcade 1 came out with two uh, or they came out with these arcade cabinets right mm-hmm. where if you're a fan of the ninja turtles game mm-hmm. ninja turtles and ninja turtles turtles in time you could play it on an actual arcade cap. I bought one of those things. I have no room for this. It's sitting at my mom's house, but I bought it because in my head, I'm like, oh, I used to play that as a kid. I used to spend you know, hours on end and quarters after quarters trying to beat this game. You know, They came out with a Simpsons one. I bought that. I have no room for it here. And I don't know if my mom has room for it, but it's gonna be over there. Again, same thing, it's like I played it. So a lot of this stuff, especially the stuff that you see uh, or that I have is nostalgic things, right? It is Masters of the Universe. I remember one of my earliest memories was going to Target with my grandmother and her buying me Masters of the Universe toys. I already explained kind of the um, the, the Transformer stuff, the, the the video games. Again, these are all video games that I owned at one point in time. You know, I only decided to collect Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I didn't go Nintendo 64. I didn't go PlayStation. I just wanted to collect like the really, really nostalgic stuff.
0: You get into TurboGrafx-16
1: territory? Remember that? No, no, no. Yeah, I I do. But again, a lot of this stuff, and I think I can, I don't want to speak for a lot of collectors, but I will speak for myself. And I feel like there are a lot of collectors out there that have the same kind of uh, values. I Just a lot of this is just nostalgia-based, you know? I unfortunately don't have the income, believe it or not, to buy the originals. And I do like opening things up. And so I like to think that, oh, you know, Um, if I'm going to buy the re-releases that look very similar, if not better than the originals, I'll at least somewhat enjoy them. But it's just now collecting upon collecting inventory as you will.
0: Yeah. You have anything, you have your eyes on anything right now? Did you mention you don't, are the Transformers figures the next in your queue or do you have something else
1: in mind? No, I mean, look, I, I, I made a list. I was talking to my girlfriend and, uh, I, there are tons of stuff that I have. It's all in pre-order. You know, I've have a list of things that are coming and I have nowhere to put them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are, there are tons of stuff that I have. I mean, one of them in particular, we well, I got a lot of things on pre-order. First of all, uh, you know, I, I work uh, for this company called Sideshow. We're going to get to the Sideshow. Yeah. Sideshow has these, uh, well, Sideshows have these amazing six scale figures that I was never into. I've seen them at people's houses. Actually, Max and Harry have all the, the uh, Captain Americas. They've collected all the Captain Americas, which is a great rule. And James Bond, six scale figures. And I'm like, oh, those are all right. Those are cool. But when I got my first one, I was like, oh, my God, these are the greatest things ever. I can't wait to put them on my desk again. So I have them displayed. But some of the ones that I've already pre-ordered are like, you know Fat Thor from Endgame, nice. uh, Iron Man from Endgame. I, 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 which by the way, I own both uh, uh Iron Man uh, and Thanos. I want the battle damage Thanos because I'm like, oh wow, well, now I want a whole Endgame section. You know, the Scarlet Witch and and Vision and and the new Captain America. So those are the ones you know, whenever they decide to come, but I mean, I again, the list of the list of pre list I mean, I can I can pull it up if you'd like. It, it is kind of embarrassing, but it's everything from Marvel Legends. Uh, like, they had released, like, a Hulk. Uh, I was a psycho and pre-ordered that Galactus, that $400 really? Galactus. The big one? Yeah. Yeah. You really? Yeah. That Where is am awesome. I going to put this? I don't know, but it was great. It was cool. It's
0: really cool. Wait a second. So, did you get all – because what they did is they did – you, you got Galactus, and then they started like, oh, you can also get Silver Surfer if you unlock this. And there was a few well, other of the Heralds that they had that you that were available yeah. as a result. So,
1: yeah, How so because so many people, well, no, I mean, I, I pre-ordered the Galactus, which is what you're supposed to do. And then if you get, if they get so many backers, then you get all that stuff. So oh. if, at 10,000 backers, you get Silver Surfer. If there's 15,000 backers, you get the other one, and, and so on and so forth. So. It's, it was very similar to what Mattel did for their ring. So I also backed that. So there was a, they released a, what they called the new generation ring, which is the old school red, uh, ring, had the red, white and blue ropes. And it came with like a neon, I don't know if you remember, it was like uh, late early 90s, it was like a neon sign that they would walk out yes. of. So they built that and it was like $200. And if you, if I, if they, I think it was like, if they got 5,000 backers, you get a diesel. And if they got 10,000 backers, you get a doink, you know? And all I really wanted was the doink. So (laughs) I basically, I basically spent $200 for a a doink. But I mean, again, uh, I, you know, I, 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 you know, the super seven stuff and everything from Ninja Turtles to uh, the uh, Thundercats, uh, the Fantastic Four they re-released uh, Marvel Legends did like kind of a, a throwback to the old Fantastic Four animated series I pre-ordered them and then I'm a big mark for my friends and I haven't even seen the movie the movie could be terrible though I doubt that it is I pre-ordered all of the Eternals for my friend Nate Moore who's the executive producer on, them, on the movie um, what am I going to do with seven or eight eternal figures i don't know but uh, i did the same thing for when black panther came out um so yeah it's it's the it's a slippery slope
0: i like everything you discussed but i'm the type where i can't just i can't stop i'm very similar to you like if i open the floodgates to those sort of figures and the super seven ones of they did like the gi joe animated series so there's like the first wave of those like those look fantastic but I just stay away from action figures altogether because it's really, really dangerous,
1: and they're like 20, 30
0: bucks well, now a piece. A piece now,
1: right? Yeah, it, exactly. I started when I again when I started this with Max and Aaron. I told myself I'm only gonna to I'm only gonna buy villains. Yeah. Um. Or I'm only gonna buy. You know, I think when Super Seven got the the Masters of the Universe license, I literally just bought everything that they released, but it was just He-Man and Skeletor. Yeah. So I didn't buy like the man at arms. I didn't buy the Tila's. I didn't buy the Beastmen. all the stuff. I mean, everything that they released that was he man and Skeletor I purchased. And I was like, you know what? I'm feeling great about this. This is great. You know, uh, same thing with a lot of the, the GI Joe turtle things. I'm like, I'm only going to get shredder. I'm only going to get Cobra. I only want to back yeah. the villains. I'm a big villain guy. Right. But then it just, uh, you know, then when we got to Marvel, which I, you know, love, uh, you know, Marvel comics. I love comics in general. It just got too hard because then I'm like, oh, I love Spidey, or oh, I love Hulk. Oh, I got it, yeah, but this figure is great. Oh, Black Panther. I would I would start to negotiate with myself. Oh, it's, it's Nate's movie, so I got to support him as if he gets anything from the merchandise, if at all.
0: You've been friends with Nate Moore for a very long time. Um, does he collect anything?
1: Do the Marvel guys collect Marvel stuff? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I don't think Nate collects anything. Yeah, they collect checks. Yeah. Uh, but well, wait a second, you know, I, I want to
0: uh, ask you about this. I want to ask you about this. So you're heavily involved in CrossFit. You have since practically day one and you host the CrossFit games and uh, you are also a celebrity trainer um, uh-huh. and you've been written up in uh, how many magazines now?
1: I, I don't keep track of that, but I just off the top of my head, maybe three or four.
0: Yeah okay, so you're a high profile trainer. Are there a lot of collectors? in the crossfit um uh space in that culture not just toys anything does the collector mentality kind of um do you find that that's present in the crossfit culture or in the fitness culture
1: i think so uh, i you know i think there are a lot of people that like to collect what i call gimmicks which gimmicks is a wrestling term which basically means noun you know it's a noun for something so uh you know people like to collect shoes you know yeah. they're not jordans they're not whatever but there are shoes like the back in the day when they had the licensing reebok released something called the nano which is the crossfit shoe uh-huh. or nike released them the metcon, the, the the metcon. metcon was yeah. really popular i remember right yeah so there are people that i know that collect those things you know do i think is that something that i would collect no i'd rather collect comic books or six scale figures or you know, action figures, but that's what they like. And I'm never the one I, you know, may poke fun at like, Oh, look how many pairs of shoes you got. But I mean, I'm not the one to judge by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, I think a big thing that I used to do again back in the day was collect t-shirts from the different gyms that I would go to. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause I would travel a lot, whether it be for the wrestlers or with CrossFit. And so I would start collecting these t-shirts from the different gyms. So, you know, I think that there is a small collector's mentality when it comes to gear or apparel, but I don't think that there's anything that is equivalent to uh, the pop culture items that we have been discussing.
0: What are are your clients and the people who go to the gyms, the gym owners, what do they make of you when you walk in and you're wearing, you know, a Back to the Future T or, like, you know, a Black Panther t-shirt?
1: It all depends. You know, there, there I think, are some folks that really love uh, the pop culture references. That's the one big thing that I bring into the space mm-hmm. is, again, I'm a huge pop culture fan. So when I'm announcing, I'll make a lot of references to Fast and the Furious or, you know, WWE or Beetlejuice or something, you know, that I'm like, oh, there's only like two or three people that are going to get it. And every now and then somebody will come up and be like, oh man, I love that reference. That was hysterical, <laughs> you know, which makes me feel good. And or when I used to coach at a gym, I would make uh, pop culture themed workouts. So, especially during like Halloween time, obviously I'm a big Halloween fan. Um, I would make, uh, I did a CrossFit workout called uh, A Quiet Place. And I made everybody, the whole goal was you couldn't say anything. Now, if you've ever done a CrossFit class or a high intensity functional fitness class, There's a lot of heavy breathing. You want uh, music playing. Obviously, there's some people that drop barbells or kettlebells, and so the whole premise was you couldn't make a sound, and if you did, there was a penalty of some sort. So I'd like to try to make things fun because at the end of the day, when you're paying a gym to take a CrossFit class, in reality, it's all it is is adult recess. You know, there are some people that take it way too seriously, and great for them, but nine nine out of ten people are just looking for a fun good way to exercise. And so that was my job. I always tried to make it fun. That's, I think, my contribution to the space of the fitness world is that, yes, there are people that are super serious trainers. And yes, they are very, you know, the way they train people is very, uh, you know, strict and, 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 you know, by the book. And I'm not saying that I don't do that stuff, but I also like to have fun. You're paying an extreme amount of money to go to a class, you want the coach to be knowledgeable and you want the coach to not be a dick. And I like to think for the most part on both of those things. Um, and so having fun with your clients and not taking things too seriously because you're just theoretically exercising that is um, you know, that is my best attributes as a coach is to making sure that hey people are staying safe and not hurting themselves but also having a good time yeah because at the end of the day you're doing you know 100 squats for time you know you shouldn't be made to feel like it's a boot camp or like you're in prison you know you're not are you ever in the
0: middle of a workout and you're like damn i gotta pre-order that galactus or like damn i gotta <laughs>
1: gotta get in that super seven deadline No, but it has happened like in between clients or, you know, you'll you follow these Instagram toy companies or not toy companies, but toy Instagram accounts. And they're like, you know, pre-order for Galactus is, you know, in five minutes. And you're like, oh, shit, this guy better finish his mile because I'm not going to be the first ones on board, you know.
0: You were the first person to introduce me to the Instagram uh, of Chaz the Guru. And he just seems like a dude that's like super into G.I. Joe. He seems like a Target dad who, and he actually gets into internet beefs with other Target Walmart action figure collectors. There's a whole culture that's kind of come up around the toys that release in Walmart and Target.
1: And well, yeah, I think the problem is, is there's no Toys R Us anymore. And so there is no brick and mortar big chain toy store for these toy companies to go to. So they make these deals with Walmart and Target. And if you live in California, especially the Los Angeles area, there is no Walmart. So there is only Target. Right. And um, I I am very sympathetic to his beef with other Target dads (laughs) because the one and only time that I have come in contact with grown men fighting over toys, it was kind of my first and last straw. Uh, it's funny because now they're all over the place. But um, Mattel released this Rise, Rise of Evil 2 pack. And it was Keldor or Skeletor and Trapjaw, uh, Kronos, I believe um, is his name. And when they first came out, you could not find them anywhere. And people would buy them and then sell them on eBay or Macari or whatever these marketplaces for double or not triple. And it's very frustrating because, again, I'm a guy who just, I want to open one. Like, you know, I'm not trying to resell them. Usually if I see something at a store, I don't buy five of them. I buy one or sometimes two for a friend. And I always leave something in my head. I'm like, oh, that's the right thing to do. And uh, when I went to Target, uh, you know, due to the Target app, they'll tell you, hey, this is in stock. And so I went there, which I thought, okay, it opens at eight. I'll get there at seven 10 minutes is plenty of time and there was a line wrapped around the building and i'm like what the fuck is going on this can't be for just this one toy but half of it was for target exclusives and half of it was for sports cards um and so when they opened the door it was like a black friday deal people wow. running to the toy section people running to the sports card section and these were all grown ass men it wasn't like a mom. It wasn't like a bunch of kids. It was me and probably 20 or 30 grown ass men. And so I get to the, the section and I'm looking for this two pack. I can't find it anywhere. There's these other guys that are going to the target employees showing them like, hey, look up this UPC code and all this stuff. And I'm, like, I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. This is nuts. All for two pieces of plastic. And luckily, a guy came by, which I don't even think he worked in the toy section. He's like, oh, hey, bud, can I help you? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for this. And again, I pulled the old lie card from 1998. Oh, I'm looking at this for my brother. And it's his birthday. And if I don't find this for him, you know, because I'm a little embarrassed at this point because I'm seeing all these other people fight for it. So the guy goes in the back and finds it. And I don't think he was supposed to go in the back, but he goes in the back and finds it and hands it to me. And you should it was like blood in the water. All the other folks that were trying to get it straight up just stopped turned around and looked at me as if i was the biggest jerk on the planet and they just start screaming and yelling at their yeah. employee like that that guy has what i he needs you know yeah. i and, and it was a, it's called the, I don't, I used to have them up here. I took them down, but it was a Skeletor or Keldor. This was before he oh, turned into that. Skeletor. It was that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can find them everywhere. They're, they're, we like to call them peg warmers. They are peg warming everything at Target, right? They're everywhere. There's literally, I went to a Target today. There's 20 of them just sitting there. But then you couldn't find them. And I was like, this is just so insane. And this doesn't make it fun. Like part of the fun is going to the store. Like, Again, you could go to Entertainment Earth or Big Bad Toy Store, and you could probably buy these things. Or if you, you know, have the money, you could just buy it off of Macari and just pay like, look, it's it's double the price. But you know what? It's um, it's not worth my time and effort to go to seven targets, which I've done before. I've gone to seven targets, but I think the part of it, you ask me why do I do it? I think half of it is the nostalgia factor, right? Trying to find stuff that you grew up with, whether it's Master of the Universe or WWE or whatever. And then the other half of it is the thrill and or chase of the hunt, if you want to call it. It's being the first one to walk into a target and be like, holy shit, I'm the first one to see this Masters of the Universe, Master of the You look around, oh my God, I'm the first one. You get on fucking Instagram, you you add toy shiz. Look at this, look what <laughs> I found. You know, it's almost like the, you know, this, 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 this sense of accomplishment that you were the first one to find it and you're the first one to post about it. I mean, that's kind of this culture now. You got to be the first to break the news. You got to be the first one to tell everybody you found X, Y, and Z. You,
0: you hit on something that I can relate to. I remember it as a boy. That rush of going to the toy store, and this was a different time. It was before the internet. That rush of new toys and the new thing that's that's out. Was had such an impact for me. I, I remember. I can remember vividly, like going to the toy aisle first time I saw Masters of the Universe, or like first time I saw like when they redid Snake Eyes's costume, like in the toy aisle. It was, it was like a pure revelation. Um, and I guess that's that doesn't go away. I guess even as you get older, that joy sticks with you and you find these grown ass men are finding that same joy of hitting the toy aisle and now it's a fight and now you can enter a zip code and now you can pre-order but having that thing in that that trophy in your hand there's really nothing like it and you'll fight another yeah uh, you'll rush a target store you'll drive 30 extra miles to get that and i think it's interesting and i think it's all due to this is something I've been thinking about recently about how the action figure has become like our new t-shirt and people wear t-shirts to kind of, um, show the world their interests or express their identities. And for a very long time, it was, you know, you go out, you're wearing a certain t-shirt, someone else is into that. They make a comment, you strike up conversation. Um, but it was a way of, it was a way of expression. It seems like that's how it is now with action figures. Cause there's so many different figures out in the world and there's, and people are kind of, using them to put on their desks, to put in their workplace, to make it home, to make a shelf there. It's a way of expressing their interests and a way of expressing their personalities uh, in more of a way than just cloth. It becomes it becomes almost like, you know, for lack of a better term, idol worship. Um, but it just seems like everything is an action figure now. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Uh, I actually celebrate that because there's so many cool things from pop culture that can be brought down to scale can be a collectible. You know, I come from the camp of superheroes or like uh, action figures from the cartoons, but you know, now there's so many different ones from movies and also just like pop culture figures, like people, historical figures. And, there's just anything and everything. And I think it's, it's great, but I also think it's a wallet drainer. You know, Running out of space is one thing. You can also run out of money. People putting stuff on their credit cards. It's a real, real big market right now. There's just so many out there.
1: Yeah, I think the big thing that I've noticed or that I've found is that it is fun to collect this stuff, but when you have nowhere to put them, you, like you said, uh, it just turns into inventory. And I want to be able to have the ability to uh, display all of this stuff because some of this stuff's cool. But that the, the other way too is like you know what I'm I, maybe there's somebody out there that wants this you know Marvel Legends Shang Chi action figure you know maybe I should part from one thing so I have room to display the other stuff you know. So like you said, there are tons of other things, and I again. Uh, I try my best to make rules to collecting. Otherwise I would have every back to the future toy, every ghostbusters toy, every, you know, karate kid toy. You know, like you said, there are all kinds of movies that are coming out with all kinds of stuff. And, you know, as you can see, like I love monster movies. I bought this line of Funko pops when they first came out. I had no idea that Funko pops would be what they are now. And when you go back and look at this line of Funko pops, if I would have kept them in the box, you're looking, and again, maybe I'm over-exaggerating, but you're looking at a solid, you know, three or four grand there. And I didn't know, you know, I just liked them because they looked cool and I loved monster movies, you know? Yeah. So that that, that's, it, it it is tough when you, you know, people I think make fun of the people that collect the Funkos, you know, or they'll have rooms and that are just walls of that stuff and yeah you know you got to be able to to know when to hold them and know when to fold them in the sense that like i you know whether i had a giant mansion or you know my apartment now i couldn't have a wall of stuff i mean this is about as much stuff as i have displayed outside of you know posters and, and and other stuff but yeah i mean i think i think companies are getting smarter because they know what sells, and nostalgia especially sells. Yeah. And you know, if you're a fan, they 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 also know like what people are fans of. Mm-hmm. You know, Disney is a, a huge example of that. You know, they have made it a business to market to theme park fans, and not just theme park fans, but fans of particular rides. I mean, I don't know if you could see, but I have like a little um, Haunted Mansion because that was one of my favorite rides, and then I have these Haunted Mansion posters that I've had. Over 20 years plus, but now you could literally buy anything haunted mansion where when I bought these posters, haunted mansion had very little to no merch, very similar to like pirates of the Caribbean and all these other rides. Now, when you go to Disneyland, each land has their own merch table. If you want to call it that it's a merch store or whatever, but they're starting to get smart and they're starting to figure out, okay, let's do a collaboration with Crocs. Let's do these limited edition things. You know, I bought a pair of haunted mansion Crocs. Why? because they were limited edition and i thought that they would sell out i didn't want to i didn't want to be the one that misses out on the cool pair of ugly shoes yeah you know i wear them every now and then but again that's just they're very good at making you feel like you're missing out on something you know
0: yeah there is that you are you talking about disney or just the toy companies in general
1: i think toys toy companies in general but mostly disney you know in the sense that they're very good at you know, showing you like, hey, you know, you know, like spirit jerseys, you know, those big like oversized sweaters. Uh-huh. Um, they, when they first started releasing there, it was like a black and a green one, right? They're, uh, you know, now there's literally a spirit jersey and they have limited edition ones for Haunted Mansion and limited edition ones for, you know, uh, Christmas time and Halloween time. And there's, they, they release one every year and it's just now people collect spirit jerseys. I mean, again, you could think of anything those are called spirit jerseys. The thing with the big Disneyland on the back. Yeah, big Disneyland. It's just an oversized sweater. Right. Right. It's called spirit. So Jersey. they're spirit jerseys. Yeah. That's a legit thing to collect Disney. There's a lot of good vintage Disney stuff. I particularly think there there's great stuff. But again, I fall into this category where I love so many different things: video games, haunted mansion, you know, mm-hmm. records, action figures, pins. Yeah. Pins is another slippery slope, you know, where it's just like. Fuck, Mondo came out with these really cool Marvel pins. I want to collect them all. You know? Where do you put them? You have it got like a jean jacket or something? What do you do? I, I well, some of them are on a jean jacket, some of them are in a pin case where I'm like, oh, I'll I'll, you know, I'll switch them out. Yeah. There's this artist by the name of Tom, Tom Whalen. Tom or Todd? Whalen, I don't know, but he does really cool Marvel pins. And then I'm like, okay, you know, how much is it to own the whole collection? And then I look and you're like, who's spending 800 dollars on a venom pin? Well, I don't know, but they're on eBay for $800, just one stupid pin. And I'm like, you know, this is, this is, again, it's that fear of missing out. Like, I want, I want to have the whole collection, you know, I'm a completist. And so, you know, going back to the Masters of the Universe right now, I, I have, if I have a majority of the entire collection, there are some exclusives that I wasn't able to get, but I feel again, that I want to be able to collect the entire collection. Sure. Of the uh, Masters of the Universe origins, sure. And I feel like once I miss one, it'll be like I don't care. You know what I mean? It's almost like a guy that just buys a new pair of shoes. You you don't want to screw them up, but once there's once that first scuff, you're like, I oh, forget it. I don't care. That's right. You
0: know? um, why the completest philosophy?
1: Is it you think that O C D territory? I am. I am. I, you know, I, but they, here's the thing is that it is, it is only for the masters of the universe. If, if I start something, I want to be able to finish it, I guess. Right. So I started the master universe origins because, and I would travel to different targets and different Walmarts and, you know, I would go home to Vegas and, uh, and find these, all of the, all of the, uh, the characters, if you will, or all of the figures and the play sets and this, that, and the other, you know, my, my friend Judd lives in Texas now. And I'm like, Hey, Betty, how's it going? Oh, by the way, if you stop at a Walmart, I'm looking for X, Y, like I'm giving people tasks, you know, in their hometown. So um, I think with that one, I'm just like, okay, you know, I wasn't able to collect the original, you know, I had a majority of them, but I never I never kept them or they got lost in a move or they were sold at a garage sale. So I don't want to make that same mistake. I want to be able to keep those. But again, then there, are, there are some that just have too big of a checklist, like the Marvel Legends. Yeah or like the Transformers, or like G.I. Joe, where I'm like, all right, I gotta set some rules. So like with Marvel Legends, it's usually comic book characters that I really, really enjoy, or I'll make up some stupid rule, like, oh, if it's my buddy Nate's show, I'm gonna get all of them, Yeah, you know? G.I. Joe, uh, I only want the villains. I only want the Cobra guys. I don't want any G.I. Joe, not even Snake guys. Um, and transformers recently, it's just like oh, it's all of the, it's all the the transformers from the show, or all sound waves, or all Megatrons. Right. You know. So I try my best to give myself rules, but every now and then I'll just kind of stray.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm the same way. Action figures is mostly a no, although I did try very hard to get the um, Mr. T WWE Masters of the Universe crossover figure.
1: Uh-huh. Just to get hmm
0: range now well it's just like 60 to 80 bucks on ebay so like i never really went out of my way to get that there's always something else and then i also saw coming up see i'm starting to get sucked in so i have to resist the there's a new zartan coming out which is like hyper detailed and like the skin even turns Wait, I, sunlight oh well i have the zartan i don't have him here
1: I, I, he's probably somewhere else but i know which one you're talking about where you like dip his face in cold water and it changes Real purple night. or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's a new Destro coming out. Like some of those are really cool, but I have to resist. I have to.
1: Yeah. Well, well <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing. I I have this Destro where he's like burning money and he's all gold. And I'm like, oh, that's great. <laughs> great. And then I'm like, oh, I should I should collect the other Destro. So yeah. It, <laughs> and it, you have it, a it Destro. Becomes, yeah. And that was the thing. It's like, I'm, I told myself at the beginning of this, I'm like, I'm only going to collect He man and Skeletor. So I would just collect. That's all I would collect. Yeah. And now it has become a, I have to stop. And then when I, when I pull up a pre-order list and I'm like, Oh, this is just ridiculous. Wow. You know, all pre- these, th- those, all your pre orders all, all, oh. all these pre-orders, you know, it's it you're in deep. And then like, I, you know, I, I'm friends with the guys at Mattel and I can't go back and start collecting wrestling figures. And I liked Matt's rule of I'm only going to collect guys that I watched growing up. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do that as well. And then I'm like, I just can't. This is just going to be too expensive. They are very expensive. The wrestling figures and, are very expensive. And then, know, are very and then, you know, to
0: begin with MSRP is just it's expensive.
1: Yeah. So I, my only rule with them is that I only collect Macho Man figures. That's a good rule. I like that. So I got I got a, I got a bunch of Macho Man's. That's a good rule.
0: How many yeah. Mr. Perfects
1: do they make? Not many, right? <laughs> Uh, not many. No, I think Hasbro had two from what I remember. And then when Jax got the, uh, license, maybe there was a couple and I think Mattel maybe made two figures. That'd be sweet to get a Mr. Perfect shelf going. What about Rick
0: Rude? Is there a Rick Rude? Uh, there was a great oh. Rick
1: Rude. I actually had, uh, him here before I transferred him over to my storage unit, but they had, um, there's was, there was some great Rick Rude. He had like the the robe. Mattel has this really cool line called, uh, you know, WWE Legends. Mm-hmm. And so um, they had a really good Rick Rude, from what I remember, had the robe and the really, you know, um, well-done tights. I forget which tights they were. But, I mean, again, there, there's so many different variations that they could do. It's just The thing is, is if the figure actually sells, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, What's that thing in the back? It looks like He-Man and Battle Cat, but it's like an artist collab. Oh, that is
1: the Matsaki. He's a Japanese artist. Um, It's a a sculpture. So I don't know if you're familiar, but Matsaki is kind of like a street art guy. He had Mattel create these life-size Battle Cat and He-Man and I think Skeletor figures. Like they were Mm life-sized. And that's just his style he does he he paints them in crazy colors and then he like spray paints their eyes black but it's really really cool can you pull that down or is everything going to tumble yeah yeah no no yeah it's right and the packaging that this thing came in was really cool it came with a pair of white gloves uh-huh but uh, um oh that's wild yeah so I would look him up. He's he's stuck in this, this pose. But uh-huh. Madsaki was a big Masters of the Universe fan. And from what I was told, he learned English by watching Masters of the Universe. So uh, this guy that works for Mattel, his name is uh, Andrew Goodman. He was able to come up with this collab uh, where they sold a very limited number of these bad boys. So if you go to Hypebeast or eBay, these things are probably, you know, triple the price of what they were because i think they only made and don't quote me but a thousand of them that's that like they're a statue, really really right that that just, yeah
0: and it's oh it's yeah. over i love how it's oversized
1: and i love the colors that's awesome yeah and that's... so hopefully they'll hopefully they'll make a skeletor one yeah because this one sold great um uh, but the other thing that they did i don't have it here is uh, uh Mattel made a me shogun it's on my instagram page um, but a shogun a shogun warrior yeah that's i weird. wasn't a big fan of the. But uh, a Skeletor version of it. And it's just really, really, really cool. Did so, you pre order that? Uh, I, I, I was lucky enough to be gifted one. Nice. So I got that. But there is a black and gold one that I want. I oh, just you're saying I'm like, it's what am on I going to? Your
0: Instagram. You're saying it's on your Instagram. You already have it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I already have it. I had it displayed here. But again, like I said, there's there's so much stuff that comes in and out of this house. I have to be very selective mm-hmm. of the things that I. Want to display and what I decide, uh, I'll save it for a bigger place.
0: Do you think, and this was this is kind of a theory of mine with people from Florida, and it, it probably is the same for Las Vegas. Do you think that there's a collector's mindset in Las Vegas like there is in Florida because of like the fantasy land aspect of Las Vegas proper?
1: Do you find a lot of collectors? I don't- I think there are a lot of collectors in Vegas, but I don't think that they're collecting toys. I mean, maybe now, but they're, I, I remember when I was there, a lot of people collected vintage casino mm-hmm. uh, memorabilia.
0: I don't mean toys. Uh, I, I, I just mean the collector. I think, I
1: think people collected cars. That was mm-hmm. a big thing in Vegas. Um, but I don't know if it has anything to do with the fantasy aspect of it. I think, you know, there are every type of collector's whether people want to believe it or not, there are great there there the people that are minimalists. I envy them. I wish I wish that I could have five t-shirts, and that's it. I have a drawer full of t-shirts, everything from wrestling to comic book, and I, I have such a hard time of letting things go because I will create some sort of connection to the said product. It's almost like hoarding. It's basically what it is. It is. Um, but. I will create some sort of Oh, I you know. I have, I still have my, you know, chaotic chick power shirt from when you and I got it at whatever comic book store. It may have been um, uh, meltdown, but um, I still have it, and I won't get rid of it because I'm like, oh, Adam, I got this, uh, you know, at meltdown, one of our first hangout spots. So, you know, I'll create stories of why I can't let things go. Have I let things go? Obviously, yeah, sure. But I think there are people out there that. You know, collect things and they don't realize they're collecting, you know, whether it's DVDs right. or S- Star Wars figures or, you know, with girls that shoes or handbags or right. vintage clothing. So, you know, we all got a little bit of collector itis, if you want to call it that, in us. It's what you decide to collect and what rules are you able to give yourself that you're able to be like, you know what? I'm good. I don't need every WWE legends line from Mattel or, Oh, you know what? I'm good. I don't need every video game I own in the box with the instruction manual and with, you know, so I think there are people out there that are very good at being able to set rules. And then there are some people like myself that are like, yeah, I know, but that Galactus really is cool. I think I'm going to pre-order it. What am I going to do with it? I don't know, but it's going to look dope when I set it up somewhere. That's right. Well, you know? uh, first off,
0: R.I.P. Meltdown. That was one of the best yeah. stores in town. It's, it just widened my palate and my taste level for so many different things, including comic books, movies, toys even. Um, what a great, great shop v- for, for, for the city or just for anybody's sake.
1: Um, yeah, I really remember us going in there and I... buying, buying a ton of vinyl, uh, vinyl toys.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm yeah that one that that shop really was a big influence on me and i don't know how many people have that in their cities that was a real special shop um r.i.p we met a we we met out in hollywood um and we met over we were both pas on red dragon the movie red dragon but we really broke the ice on wrestling as soon as we both found out that we were both into wrestling uh, we started, we hit it off. And then from there it was comics and we would go to the, there were some great comic shops that are still around. Um, not meltdown of course, but house of secrets in Burbank. We would go still there. there.
1: Still there. I haven't been there in a while and you still go there. Right. Everyone, every time I'm in Burbank, I always go there almost kind of like a, pay my respects Yeah. to house of secrets, but it's still the same and, uh, still the same owner. I forget his name. I want to say Rick, but I could be wrong. I would
0: see Dan's um, in that shop. That's like a real industry shop. You see all of like the studio guys going there and stuff.
1: Yeah, but, but it was, was great fun. and um, you know, again, I think some of the the very first early memories I have of your your you your in my friendship is going to see Spider-Man opening day. You know it at Universal or we went and saw I think it was me, you and your brother Jonas. We went and saw Blade 2. Yep. Uh Also on opening day. So we there was a lot of pop culture. And then I think the next day after Spider-Man, you and I went to a comic book convention in downtown L.A. And, uh, you know, so a lot of things that we bonded over, not just wrestling, even though that's kind of was the, you know, the catalyst to getting us to talking. But, you know, we were very similar, you know, and we liked some of the same things, whether it was punk rock music or rap music or, uh, you know, 80s tv or, or 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 comic books and there were a lot of things that i think you introduced me to that i you know i was very grateful for even to this day you know uh vinyl toys i remember being one of them
0: man and, talk, um, talk about a uh, talk about a vortex that'll just drain all your cash
1: yeah yeah and now you know with with the job at sideshow and w- because of that show being friends with one of the one of the really cool artist in vinyl toys. His name's Tracy Tubera and seeing some of the stuff that he's doing. Uh, he's, he does a lot of the superheroes in like sneakers. So like I have yeah. his, uh, miles Morales in Jordans. Uh, he made future boy, which I have somewhere. It's Michael J Fox on the hoverboard mm-hmm. or Marty on Marty on a hoverboard wearing the mags. Um, you know, it's just fun because when you talk to these people, it's almost like, having a conversation with you. It's like, they love the same things. And, you know, that's what's so interesting growing older and seeing these people. Yes, it's annoying to see these grown ass men fighting at a target for a, a Skeletor figure. But, you know, I'm I, in my head, I'm like, well, I'm hoping they're doing it because they're just as excited for these toys and not trying to resell them. And Sideshow
0: have really taken it to the next level. For me, it was the Bowen statues. I'm from that age, but to see how far Sideshow has taken it with their statues and their um, designs is really, really awesome. I've watched stuff on like I've watched stuff on YouTube of their uh, Comic Con displays, mm-hmm. and they have all the X Men laid out, and they have all the statues in place as they should be posed. And man, if if you, having all of those in a house, you would really
1: need a whole room just for that set so what well right now i'm yeah i was about to say well right now i'm looking at i have about maybe 10 six scale figures displayed and then i have a couple in a storage unit and then i have uh, a you know a, a grogu that they made life-size grogu which is great and i have uh, a dr doom maquette when it's released coming to me which is one thing i'm really excited about but Sideshow is, is, is a company that, you know, creates their own stuff, which is really great. And then they're an exclusive distributor to Hot Toys. So it's fun to be able to work for them, you know, as a side job. But at the end of the day, I'm really just giving them their money back because I'm buying right. really cool stuff, you know, and that I probably wouldn't have bought if I wasn't, you know, introduced to them and had kind of the end, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, that Grogu's kind of cool. Right. But I don't really need it. But then you, you see it in person, you're like, shit, you know, I got to have it.
0: And who are the collectors of those? Because you need space.
1: Oh, I mean, I don't court. know if you follow. Yeah. Those guys, the, the, the sideshow collectors. Yeah. I mean, hats off to you. I mean, maybe again, if their rule is strictly sideshow pieces, whether they're, you know, uh, premium format figures or statues or six scale. Hats off to you because that is a very expensive hobby and yeah. that is a very expensive uh, set of rules. But again, you know, if you look at some of these collections, it's they've taken an entire room or an entire basement and they are just filled, filled with these ginormous statues. The sculpts and- are magnificent and like the posing is is insane. Again, if I didn't see these things in person, I probably wouldn't have been pushed to buy them. So we did a a Comic Con at home special, and I saw this Doctor Doom uh, maquette, and I'm like, I have to have it. I mean, it's the most, it's the coolest thing on the planet. I mean, again, if you've noticed the the overall theme that I have, it's mostly villains. So guys that I love, like Doctor Doom, or they have a tweeter head, which is uh, you know Sideshow I think distributes for them. They have a life size Skeletor. I've seen it and I want it. I probably won't get it. But again, this is just, these are the things that you're like, my poor girlfriend, if I was able to decorate this place my way, it would look like, again, Josh Baskin's house from big, it would be yeah, a fucking right. toy museum, right. you know? And it's, and it, it, it's all stuff that I could go and point and be like, Oh, this is because of this and this is because of this. And, you know, and I think that, that is why I got into collecting. It's because there's so many good memories that come from pop culture things that I loved growing up, whether it's from 40 or not 40, that's how old I am, but 35 years ago, you know, where I was five to 20 years ago when I met you, you know, there are tons of fun stuff that I, I look back and I'm like, oh man, that's such a great memory going to House of Secrets with Adam and or, oh, this is such a fun memory going to Target with my grandmother Et cetera, et cetera. Oh, this is such a fun memory. Me and my brother going to Toys R Us after Toys R Us, looking for a Vince McMahon action figure. Right. You know, because he was the hardest one to find in a box. You know, there there are tons of fun memories when it comes to collecting. And so I don't know if it's me trying to hold on to that uh, that thrill of you know, hey, like this is you know something that I like to do. I guess you can call it a hobby. So even though I'm just spending money to to buy inventory, if, as you put it. Yeah. But there's also a lot of fun nostalgia that comes along with it, you know?
0: Yeah. I was talking with somebody a while ago about collecting and, um, I, I realized why I, why I want to own, why I want to possess the things that I'm so interested in. This is probably like a hackneyed psychological take. Um, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, but I self-diagnosed myself and I figured it was because Um, my parents were divorced very early. They're very divorced and I moved around a lot. So I never really had a sense of roots. Like most people like have a house that they grow up in and they know that place until they leave. And that's where they are. I never had that. We moved around a lot and I've kind of, Realize that, oh, well, maybe this was the sense of me collecting all this stuff, me having to take all this stuff with me, schlep it all around wherever I go from Miami to New York to LA, or just, you know, within the city, if I'm moving to one place or another, just all this stuff, the bulk is a sense of me trying to construct my own personal roots, something that firmly establishes me. And I feel like that's kind of why I have the collector's bug for whatever things that I have. I have to have multiple of them. I have to have. Um, they have to kind of have some type of imposing quality to my life.
1: The thing about collecting that I like is trying to chase, I guess, the feeling of, you know, first going to a target with my grandmother or for, you know, in the the case of the, the Ninja Turtles arcade game, like trying to play and relive what it was like to only have 20 tokens and trying to beat the game. You know what I mean? I think that there are a lot of things that you can establish. You know, I, I bought a, a Batman 1966 Lego set. You know, it's about it's about this big. It's nothing crazy. But it was just about reliving what, finding, being, the like, you know, I remember vaguely finding that Batman TV show, you know, it was on reruns and just, you know, trying to re- remember and kind of recreate that feeling. Yeah, You know, and then, you know, with comic books and stuff, I mean, it, it has evolved because, you know, I grew up reading comic books uh, and watching comic book, you know, related TV shows, whether they were cartoons or whatever, and then moving to California and then being lucky enough to work on a comic book movie. Yeah. And then having that connection and being able to have friends that I met on that comic book movie, and now they are working on Comic book movies. And so now there's just so many different things about comic books that I love. I remember my one of the very first things I remember growing up is my dad, which is the reason why I got into comic books, is we went to a bookstore. And I remember very distinctively the spinning racks and just the really cool artwork on all the different covers. I had to have them, you know, as a little kid. And so Comic books to me remind me of my dad. They remind me of moving to California. They remind me of, uh, you know, playing with, you know, when when I ran out of wrestling figures uh, for my wrestling figure federation, I dipped into my Marvel uh, action figures and I would have a wrestler. I didn't change their names. That was the Hulk. And it was Bret Bret Hart versus the Hulk for the WWE championship. Yeah. So it reminds me of wrestling. And then it reminds me, like I said, of you. It reminds me of Nate. It reminds me of Judd. It reminds me of my friend Rich. You know, it reminds me of so many different things. So it's it's just chasing all these different things. And again, I'm very good at creating nostalgia in my head to justify the purchase, if you want to call it that.
0: But it's also something... it's so great to find your, your people. And when I say, I mean, the proverbial your people, when you meet people that grew up in the same time frame, grew up with the same interests, grew up with the same obsessions. And there's, there is that enduring passion. I mean, comic books span back into post world war II and even earlier, but um, collecting and a lot of stuff that came out in the eighties, a lot of the eighties cartoons, you know, the Marvel stuff, he-Man, all these properties, Ghostbusters, they all are from a certain era, and it really endured. I mean, you have kids in preschool wearing Masters of the Universe stuff. It's probably dwindling because it seems like now it's more for like our generation, like the adult collector. It's kind of made that transition. They still try to make it for kids, but kids are playing with GI Joes. Kids have Batman backpacks. I mean, it's it's not gone away, and if anything. I would almost say that our generation deserves credit for normalizing this stuff. I mean, look, the nerds won. Marvel's are, Marvel movies are the biggest in the industry, in the world. All this stuff, all everything you see on TV is a property or a reboot of something from the 80s. Um, and it seems like, you know, it's vindication for the kids that were coming up that You know, people would laugh at and call them nerd for collecting toys or playing with toys or, you know, having stuff, at you know, seeing those action figures as art or as something more special than something that you just kind of play with and you throw in a bin. It became a lifestyle for a specific reason, love it or hate it. These things endure. These things have these properties that really struck a chord in people like us. Yeah.
1: And I think that's too, like you see, you know, people that we know now, the thing that they loved, whether it be in high school or before they are doing, or they have done in some way, shape or form in a professional manner. So for example, for me growing up being such a huge professional wrestling fan, I remember kind of not necessarily being looked down upon because I would go to the gym and I would try my best to emulate the look of a professional wrestler. But in reality, I was in theater class because I wanted to learn what it was like to be an actor and and perform, you know, but I didn't look like a typical theater kid. And so when people found out, like I wasn't playing football or I wasn't an actual, you know, high school wrestler, they kind of like laughed at me and like, oh, professional, you know, it's fake. Right. And now here I am, you know, 20 plus years later working to a certain extent with some of the biggest wrestlers on the planet, and it is just fun to look back and be like, oh, you know, that's crazy. You know, for somebody like my friend Nate, growing up reading X-Men and Marvel Comics, and now being one of the heads at Marvel Studios and being able to, you know, kind of create his own uh, universe, you know, if I, I, in my head, I know this isn't how it works, but in my head, he's like that scene in Spaceballs where he has his, <laughs> you know, his figures on his desk and he's creating storylines, you know, like that's how, you I envision, that, that's how I envision Nate Moore or like, you know, I, you, you know, you, you, you wanted to be a, a director and you've directed some things and you, you've worked with some really cool companies. And so it's just fun to me to realize like, and that's what I try to uh, tell people that I am introduced. So I have some some clients that are teenagers. Like I I don't mind as long as their parents don't mind. Like I don't mind going to the comic book store and saying, Hey, I'm going to give this to Ollie or Hey, I'm going to give this if if it's okay. And he's just like, Oh man, I, I didn't even know the storyline existed or my little brother just got into comic books and now he's a little bit older. He went and got his first, big boy tattoo which is a big giant venom piece that he got on his leg oh no and he loves venom now and i'm so i'm sending him comic books to read you know same thing with my middle brother jacob he was the same way like we would trade comic books back and forth i mean there's just there and he's a is a really amazing illustrator so there are are people out there you know i'm sure every single person that works at sideshow had a love for star wars or monster movies or, or comic books in some way shape or form and so the fact that they are doing that in some capacity has to be kind of cool Absolutely. You know, so, you know, look, I'm, I'm never one to make fun of what people like. I mean, maybe if you like crystals and sage, maybe I'll make fun of you. I'm just kidding. Cause that's what my girlfriend likes. But, um, you know, I think that if, if it brings you happiness, you know, then, and it, you're not hurting anybody, you know, it, it, it's, it sucks to look back and think of all the kids that were mean to other kids in high school because they like Spider-Man or because you know, they enjoyed reading comic books versus going out and partying and getting drunk and, you know, whatever. But, you know, the, like you said, the nerds won at the end of the day, you know, they're the ones that are kind of ruling the world and it's all the, all the others that didn't jump on the boat. You know, they're the ones that are taking their kids to go see Spider-Man. That's right. They're buying you know? Spider-Man backpacks and stuff.
0: I feel like yeah. that, like the collector bug, it is almost entirely generated from childhood. Every single person that I've spoken with about like who, who collects things seriously, they always have a, a story from childhood.
1: Yeah, only- I, and I think it's I, I think it's young boys. I think it's young boys. I, and I, again, I'm not saying that girls don't collect stuff. Obviously they do, but I think boys just had it made when it came to, to toys. And again, I'm not knocking Barbie. I'm not knocking the, the toys that girls had. Uh, you know, but guys had some amazing toys, you know, and I think that, you know, it sucks when you look back at it, because, you know, the way it was, it was like girls were, they had kitchen play sets, and they had, you know, the, the shit that, you know, you're like, no, let the girl have imagination, and I think watching these those toys that made us documentaries and stuff, they really kind of those toy executives, they really kind of like, well, why can't a girl be you know he-man? Why don't we make a she Why don't we do this and do that? But for the most part, it kind of sucked for girls because they had, you know, easy bake ovens and you know, here's my a baby.
0: My learn, little... learn
1: how... Yeah, I'm not saying that they they didn't, but what I'm saying, I feel like they got the short end of the stick where we got Transformers, G.I. Joe, you know, Thundercats. Yeah. Marvel, DC, I mean, the list goes on and on. And they were such cool, fun, and amazing toys. You know, we talk about the LGN, you know, big rubber toys. Like those were cool. But to me, the Hasbro ones were better because they actually moved and you were able to perform moves and stuff where like Macho Man was stuck in this position. You know, same thing with Masters of the Universe. When they came out, they they broke so much ground because they were able to do things that a lot of toys back then weren't able to do. And I think in a way when people, whether it's a Stephen King book collector, you know, they were introduced to that at a very young age and they will attribute that to some sort of, Hey, my grandmother, my mom, my dad, or whatever introduced that to me. And so when I was saying like, I try to do my best to introduce that to people, whether it be my niece, my clients, my little brother, because I think that that that's an important thing to, you know, be able to pass on some sort of, hey, look, this is something that I used to love and hopefully you love it too. And if not, hopefully you'll find something that you love just as much as I do, you know? I never thought in a million years I'd have a Skeletor tattoo on my arm or a Creature of the Black Lagoon tattoo. But here we are, I have them, and it's because they have a lot of fun meanings. And most of the stuff is really around, you know, Memories that I've had with my grandmother, or you know, my 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 parents and stuff. But I think if there was a uh, if there was a way to bottle up nostalgia and the feelings of watching Terminator Two for the first time, or uh, you know, playing a video game that blew your mind for the first time, or reading a book that blew your mind for the first time or being introduced to Spider-Man for the first time. I think that that is a lot of the chase in collecting is because you're trying to find the, the thing that is going to be like, oh my God, this is the thing that I like and right. I like the most, you know? Any
0: new properties that have come around? Like, are you into Stranger Things or any of that stuff? Are you, are you straight? Yeah, but again, I
1: think, I think Stranger Things, again, it's just, it's all nostalgia. It's all 80s, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, it's almost kind of how South Park says it, member berries. You know, it's like, oh, remember arcades? Look, there's an arcade. And you're like, oh, yeah, arcades, you know? Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there is. I don't have any off the top of my head. Um, But I I think the properties that we've already spoke about, Ninja Turtles, Transformers, Masters of the Universe, Ghostbusters, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And And instead of recreating or rebooting these things, I think now companies are smart and they realize like, you know what? We could still make nods to the original property and still make it geared towards a newer generation. So like the new Ghostbusters movie, like, I will be the first one to admit I got real emotional watching it and it's because I'm like, they, I think they figured it out. Now, again, it's a trailer. Maybe that's what it's intended for. But again, I'm like, Oh, this is great. Like, this is what they should do. Same thing with transformers, right? Those first four movies I thought were awful and probably in the minority when I saw Bumblebee, I thought it was great, you know, and there was a lot it. of not and the, good- there was a lot of nods to the original uh-huh. look of the transformers. They still kind of had that Michael Bay look, but they still, looked like the transformers from the cartoon uh-huh. and so again i think that there are some fun ways that you could still introduce old properties but just update them up a little bit the new master of the universe is great yeah, you liked- know with the, the kevin smith one yeah like- they didn't reinvent the wheel they look very similar you know and there are a lot of nods to the original but uh you know you don't have to reinvent anything
0: and by the way, just back to what you were talking about with the ladies, like I have a six year old, as you know, she's turning seven soon, but she, I love seeing um, the progression in girls' toys um, because she just bought something. Or I just got something for her and, I, and it's like a, it's a doll, but it's kind of like an action figure. And that's what she likes about it. She likes it more than Barbie because you can pose the hands. You can, you can do a lot. You can put her in different uh, positions and she likes that aspect more. and it seems like the toy companies have come around to not just doing "quote" feminine things for girls, or you know whatever uh, a six-year-old man deems as feminine for girls. There are—it's uh, just like a wide array of great stuff for for uh, females, and it's great. Not definitely not something back in the day that,
1: that was around at all. I mean, you had Shira, but and you had Gem. You had Gem. I don't, Gem. You know? Gem was great, rainbow bright, and all that stuff. But again, I think, comparatively speaking, a lot of toys, like you said, were geared by or they were made by men who thought, oh, a girl would love a baking set or a girl would love a kitchen set or a girl would love a baby that they got to take care of. Yes. But, you know, like you said, there are girls that are like, wait, what, what are you talking about? Like, give me oh, action figures. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's what I'm saying by, you know, girls not having it as good as guys in the sense that like our, you know, I think I, my stopping was Power Rangers. That's where I kind of was like, all right, I think I'm done. You know, my my uh, my licenses will probably stop here. But I think my last license that I really, really loved was Ninja Turtles. But I think Power Rangers was really good because they introduced a lot of female characters. Right. You know, um, that's a point. that there you go. That, you know, it started to like, okay, now, you know, now the the girls are involved. Because I think Ninja Turtles, you know, you had April O'Neil, who was like the, kind of the damsel in distress, uh, most of the cartoons. So it was Power Rangers that, that I feel was like the first kind of, okay, we're going to start to introduce some teenage girls into the mix. Yeah. And I think that's why so many girls that kind of grew up in that era love Power Rangers so much. Because they were, they were, you guys are part of the crew now, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you see the rise recently. Again, our generation, maybe a little younger, you see a lot of female collectors where you kind of they didn't really have a, a big foothold in in a scene, so to speak. You see a lot of a lot of females that are um, collecting action figures, uh, heavily into comic books, you know, comic book creators. I mean, you always had like OGs like Walt Simonson's wife, but you really see a real great representation in fandom of women. Whereas before the cliche was just like it was a boys' club, so everybody wearing sweatpants and stuff. So these yeah. kind of been you know pushed along, and they've kind of become um, progressive. I mean, you always have those meatheads and the people that are kind of small-minded about stuff, but I feel like it's kind of a good time all around for boys and girls.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed for the better, you know. So I'm I'm glad that girls are able to get into the the collecting game and it doesn't make me feel as crazy when I see, you know, females racing at the same target that I'm at trying to get whatever exclusive they're trying to get their hands on, you know?
0: Yeah. What does your girlfriend say when their packages show up?
1: Well, it depends. I mean, she started to collecting. Uh, in this case, I she has uh, some Star Wars Barbies and she loves Funko Pops, so she collects them. But by no means is her collection bigger than mine in the sense that, Again, I just have so many properties and so many things that I love to collect. Yeah. So usually it's, oh, it's another package. Where are you going to put that? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea where I'm going to put it. Do you have a bunch of stuff on your nightstand? No, no, I don't. I think I just have, uh, you know, a fan. (laughs) And uh, most of the stuff, it's not all of it, but most of the stuff that is displayed is usually right here. So it's obviously all comic books. And every now and then I'll, I'll, right? Because right now it's Halloween time, so there's some funcos there, but I had some Marvel Legends up there, some um, mostly villains. Um, and then we have a designated hot toys case, and then I have a really cool Mary Jane Spider-Man I can bring over and show you, uh, a Mary Jane and Spider-Man statue that I have. Um, and then, like I said, the majority of it is either in bags or boxes, hopefully waiting to be displayed at a later date. But again, I just want to I think that there were so many things that I missed out on. Like when they rebooted Masters Universe the first time, I think I only collected one or two things. And then by the time I wanted to collect them all, it was too late. So now that they rebooted this, I want to be like, look, I'm going to get them all. I'll store them. And hopefully at some point I'll be able to display them properly. You sell anything on eBay ever? I did once. it's um, It's not a fun game. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. A, I'm, you know, incredibly, I wouldn't call it lazy, but I just, I feel like I don't have the time to sit there and tell somebody, Hey, this corner's bent. Hey, there's a little bit of scratching on, like, I mean, again, I'm a pretty easy eBay buyer. Yeah. Like I don't ask a lot of questions if at all, but there are some people that are very crazy. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I also don't do this to sell stuff on eBay. Um, luckily Matt Cardona wrestling figure podcast and some of these other Facebook groups that I belong to. A lot of people sell off of that, and it's very easy. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, if I were to do it, it would probably go through that because I think eBay is just not as seller friendly uh, when it comes to people asking questions and stuff. But yes, I have done it, and it's not something that I enjoy doing.
0: Have you bought anything off eBay recently?
1: Uh I just bought, <laughs> no, I mean, yes, I did, but nothing of wor- worth noting. I, it's the end of this Hawkeye. Um, it's this thing. It's the end of this run for Hawkeye. Oh yeah. So um, the Matt Frick, uh, Matt Fraction. Great run. So um, is that, is that a graphic never, novel or is that a floppy? Is that a single issue? or Is that a graphic? novel? No, it's a, it's a graphic novel. So I just, I never finished it, so I was like, oh, I want to I pick that up. And so now that Hawkeye, the TV show, is coming out, all of these Hawkeye books are very hard to find. Yeah, And I found it on eBay for like 8 bucks. So I was like, oh, perfect. The Fraction Run is so good. Yeah. I wasn't so, expecting to like it as much as I did. Yeah, but, but I mean, again, I am a, you know, a, I wish that I could just stick to one thing because it would make my life a lot easier. I wish I could be like, oh, you know what? It's Marvel Legends. Or, oh, man, it's Masters of the Universe, but then I Marvel Legends. You. Why can't you? You have the discipline to, to build those muscles. You're, you're very correct. But the problem is, is again, you know, I love Marvel Comics, or I love comics in general. I mean, I'm not able to do it. With, I love Batman. I'm able to do it with those McFarlane DC figures. I'm like, I won't even touch them. Right. I won't even buy one because I just know what will happen. Yes, that's absolutely right.
0: Um, speaking of comics, just of note, um, when you and I met and we started going – uh, to the shop on comic book day. Uh-huh. That was around the time of um, Bendis's Daredevil. Just to what? put a timestamp on that. 93, so, 94. No, 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 no. We met like in 2000,
1: 2001, maybe. Maybe he was yeah, already... What, we, we, met, we met January 2022. Sorry, 2022. 20, 2002. On set. Because I... I, yeah, I moved, I moved to LA in November of 2001. So we met on set and then we, I don't think we hung out until whenever, I mean, you can look it up whenever blade came out, I think was the first when time we wrapped. hung out.
0: When, we, huh? when, when everybody, when, it, when the movie wrapped, cause we were always working once we, once that movie wrapped, we were hanging out.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying like, I don't know when that run was because that was the same time. I'm looking at that. Ang Lee's Hulk came out because that's yeah. when. Yeah, that's like the same time, dude. What are you yeah, talking about? Nineties. Yeah. Hold on. Bendis I is... thought it was 2000. I thought it was 2003, 2004, but I could be wrong. But anyway, continue. I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: No, no, no. Just the time, And it's funny how with comic books, you can stamp a friendship. Oh, I was reading yeah. this came out at that time. It, it's it's interesting with comics. You can kind of date date things and you can use the chronology of when a run happened in, in terms of where you were in your life. That's what I, that's a, a component of comic books that I love that
1: I, I still have all those books there they are
0: in boxes. Yeah, me too. I have them in storage. I'd like to actually go and take stock of what I have in storage. I have, I have comic books all over the place. I've recently gotten back into comics, like collecting comics. So what I've been doing is I've been selling some of my dead stock sneakers for, um, key comics like, and it's not much, but I like bought a whole run of um, Thor from Jason Aaron, where Gore is introduced, and I just got the first time that um, uh, Jane Foster is is Thor. I'm, I'm like heavily into Thor. I don't know. I I never thought great. There. I would never thought I'd ever be into Thor, and I never thought I'd be into uh, to the Hulk like as much as I am right now. The current Hulk run is just. I've told you this before. It's just fantastic. Yeah, I have it. I
1: have it, but I I bought it. You know, trade paperback.
0: It is phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's inter- comics are really cool because you can leave and you can come back and you can always kind of get new recommends with friends and that's what's kind of cool about that. that well, the that other thing
1: that's cool great comics. too is the Marvel Unlimited. I I was like, I was curious. I love the physical copy, but you know, when I travel, I have an iPad and I don't want to take, I've done it before where you're taking like 20 of these on the road okay. and your backpack is just overly heavy. So yeah. I purchased the Marvel Unlimited and, you know, it's my favorite way of reading a comic book, but it is a good way of reading comic books while you're on the road, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, part of the reason why I didn't read so many of these books is just the sheer price. Like some of these old back issues, like getting graphic novels, it's costly. So with that app, you can just search and search all stuff that you missed out on. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really, really, really cool. Um, And that's something that like, you can't really, as a toy collector, you can't really delve into beyond the possession like you can with comic books because you can really talk about the stories and you can talk about, you can kind of really deep dive in comic books in a way that you really can't with some of these toys, which is kind of why I think like with with, like properties or if you're gonna collect like the Marvel toys and stuff, it's kind of better to collect the Marvel books, I think. But I understand like the shelf appeal of having, you know, the whole Eternals uh, line or the whole Endgame run of toys, I, I I can appreciate that, but I I yeah feel like it's 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 um, inferior to actual comic book reading. And in the same yeah. way, where I love the Marvel movies, I think they're fantastic. Um, they're doing things that, as a comic book reader, you dreamt about when. They weren't making the movies like, you know, you had like the Dolph Lundgren Punisher or like some of the Bobo, you know, uh, Roger Corman Fantastic Four stuff that was really bad. But now you have like the dream. The dream has become a reality. You're seeing superheroes in the movies and it looks like it
1: should. It looks like it's real. Well, not even that. I mean, even going so far as like the Sam Raimi stuff. I mean, it was cool when it came out, but to sit there and like, go, oh, man, and, you know, 17 years, you're going to have Spider-Man riding on thor's hammer while fighting thanos you'd be like what are you talking about you're crazy you know and the fact that that scene exists now you're like holy shit like that that is such a fun i mean i remember being so obsessed again one of my earliest memories with comic books was reading that infinity gauntlet or infinity um that infinity gauntlet saga and just i can't remember i think it was a silver surfer uh but it was one of the pages like you open it up and like hulk's head is in like this like he beat the shit out of everybody it was like the very first page and just being like as a kid being like oh my god this is this guy is no joke right and being able to see that on i mean i think i even recreated that with my toys because it was just such a crazy scene to see in a comic book to see punisher laid out or captain america beat the shit and hulk's head smashed through like this piece of rock you know and, um, to see that kind of on the big screen was just insanity.
0: I still believe that reading a comic book is better than watching a Marvel movie. And I love the Marvel movies. They're, they're written really well, uh, top, top tier talent, visionaries behind the scenes. Um, and it's just, uh, they hit it out of the park. Um, I think I
1: know... it's, I think it's the proverbial cherry on an, on a Sunday, like the, 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 uh, that reading the comic book is your your ice cream if you want to call it that your sure. ice cream sunday and the, watching it in movie form is the sprinkles in the cherry you know what yeah, i mean it's, like it,
0: it's a beautiful compliment and it's always yeah. it strikes me odd but it's getting more and more mainstream to meet somebody who only watches the marvel movies and they they love marvel but the, it's only through the lens of the movies i feel yeah. like a lot there's a there's there's definitely like a divide of fans between those that only like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, and those that love Tony Stark, and they're yeah. watching they're watching these movies as kind of like adaptations or like um, melting pots of so many different storylines converging into these great kind of companion pieces. As you know, as these movies are for yeah. comic readers, it's interesting. It's in, it's interesting to meet people, and they're, they're, I see them more and more who are just into the Marvel movies, and I think that's yeah. great. I really do think that's great. But I I I feel like um, Comic books will always be superior. Reading reading it on the page, reading it as a comic book will always be better than seeing it as a movie. Yeah. That's me, shout out Nate Moore. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, what was the last, What
1: was, was Loki before Winter Soldier? Yes. I think they happen at the same time. I don't know how they are cont- on, in the timeline, but as far as the timeline is when they were released, Loki came after Captain America. So, so do you collect like the Loki figures from the TV show? Are you going to get the old Owen Wilson figure? Uh, I if I if I was able to get him on the pre order, I would have. But no, I have <laughs> all of those figures. They are currently sitting in my closet as we speak. Yes, that's great.
0: That's great. So, what's next, man? What are you doing today? Are you going to Target?
1: Uh, Oh, I, ironically I, that already happened uh, i found a bunch of things that if i was a ebay scalper if i was a, a vulture as me and my brother call it i would have walked away very happy but no, i uh, i let them sit there for hopefully a young uh joshy g and his grandma to go and him to be excited to see a, a a master master verse faker sitting there waiting for him but um oh was there, what tell me what was there Come on. Uh, Masterverse Faker, which I was very excited to see. What's a Masterverse Faker, is it the new line? That is the new line. So Revelations is the new TV show on Netflix. Yeah. And they're they're calling the new line Masterverse, not okay. to be confused with the Origins line. So the Origins line looks very similar to the ones that you and I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Masterverse are the newer. I think they're almost 12 inches tall. I think the Origins are six inches.
0: And is Faker going and- for a grip of money?
1: Uh, yes, because you can't find him everywhere, but, uh, Faker looks just, so he's not blue like the original Faker, he's He-Man and then you get four or five different, or no, three or three different heads and it's like a, it's almost looks like the Terminator. Right. So it's like a metal head and then like half a metal head where you could see it mm-hmm. and then like a little bit, a little battle damage, so.
0: It was a great turn in the cartoon. That was yeah. a really nice little flip. I, I, appreciate yeah.
1: that.
0: did you see the power con Faker? Do you see the one that just came out? It's like faker, and there's like a duplicate. oh yeah.
1: I was unable. I was unable to get. My, I mean, like, I can tell you what came in the mail the other day, uh, bro. They're ridiculously priced. I was unable to get it. I was able to get um this triclops. So this was the fan vote winner.
0: Isn't is that um, the OG sculptor? Is that like the new Henry Rollins
1: voiced one? From no, the- but that that Henry Rollins one was great. Yeah, where he's like the cult leader. Yeah, I like that. But um, here, let me see. I'll show you what this one is. I haven't even opened it. We'll open it together, Adam. By the way, Josh, I can't wait to see the new Spider-Man movie. Oh. That looks like fan service, Cool. And Eternals oh, yeah. looks badass, too. I'm going to check that out. Ooh. So it's like uh, from the comic book? Uh-huh his first appearance from the comic book. That's cool. I'm not, I'm not a psycho where the card's kind of bent, so yeah. whatever, but like, and it comes with uh, the warrior's ring. So this is just, again, it's just, hey, you were around when this guy came out, there he is. Are you gonna open that bad boy? Uh, at some point. What I'll do is I'll take photos of all the ones that I've opened and I'll put them on like my dinner table. And then that way you could see. There you go. What a real psycho I am. What else? Uh, is that? What else uh, is that? This came they- in the mail. Oh yeah, okay. Don't didn't really need it, but I thought it was cool looking. So Mm -hmm. that's not that exciting. Uh, I will show you that my latest six scale figure, which was great. I'm a big fan of it.
0: The Mysterio. That's really cool. And is that's from the movie? Is that Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, they they have a Jake Gyllenhaal. I can't tell. When when you hear, when you say like sixth scale, I, 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 I'm so dense. I don't even know what that is. So like it's sixth scale of our body. Yes. Okay.
1: But it is so heavily detailed and it's just great. I mean, this is how I pose them. They come with different arms. They come with different hands and different things that you could pose them with, but that's how I pose them. Yeah. So
0: that's awesome. And that's, uh. That's one of the fringe benefits of having your own Sideshow web series? <laughs> uh,
1: no, because again, I spend the money, I spend the money on the things that, you know. Like there's a cap.
0: There he is, and he's holding Mjolnir, huh? I can really appreciate it when it's not just like the standard thing. It's, it's either like a revisionist take, like almost like the what if ones that are coming out. Or like someone like this, where like Captain America is holding Thor's hammer. Like I, I like kind of like the the kind of off-centered sort of um, figures and statues. When it comes to like standard properties or like Marvel comic stuff, I always like the things that are just like the the more subversive takes on the characters. I feel like that's the stuff that really like um, gets
1: to me as a collector. It gets me like thinking like, oh, I, I need to have that. I probably don't need those things, but when you see them in person, when I'm talking about them on the show and you see them and you're like, it's so cool. Yeah. And I didn't really even want the Mysterio one. Uh, but I pre-ordered it anyway. I was like, you know what? Cause I have a Spider-Man from uh, far from home. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just get him just so I can display next to him. And when he came and I opened it up, I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. And it's a talking you know?
0: piece. It's also like when you have guests over, I mean, it's not really something that we do these days, but there's going to be a time when you have guests over again and, Parties and stuff, or maybe you are now. Whatever, it's a talking point. People see it and they want to talk about it. They want to, you know, they want to know. Sometimes they're 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 not collectors, but they think it's cool and they just want to, you know, tell you that it's cool. It's, it's eye candy. I mean, what are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna have? Just like an empty house with like some like furniture, like a normal person. What are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, sideshow has definitely made me want to collect the more high end things that I probably never would wanted to collect in the first place. Yeah right yeah right all right joshy g what did we miss we touched i think we got it i think we got it all i mean as far as i know well you're the man no buddy you are thanks for having me this was fun i could talk i mean i could literally talk for three hours which you know i don't know what i don't know what time we're on but uh you'll come back i appreciate the fact and again i know i'm not like your other guests that have one thing that they collect but i like to think that I am reaching out to the majority of the collecting community, which is you just could not stop at one thing. When I'm going to Frankenstein's, I'm looking for everything uh, and not just the one particular line, which unfortunately for a lot of people can become very expensive. But again, like I mentioned before, some of these things have so much sentimental value that, like my man Richard Hammond said in Jurassic Park, you know, I will spare no expense to you know recreate that high of finding something for the first time you know what i mean well that was well said yeah (laughs) all right josh so
0: uh come back man
1: hey anytime brother i'll bring the i'll bring the belts i'll bring the folding chairs what else we didn't hit I'll, i'll get it for you